1: Hey everybody! Welcome back to the Unstoppable Podcast. I'm Diana Chen, your host, and I'm joined today by my co-host Matthew Gold, founder and CEO of Unstoppable Domains, and our guest Robert Hugendorn. He's the head of content at DappRadar. Welcome, Robert.
2: Thank you, thank you, Diana. Well, uh, thank you, Matthew. Thank you guys for having me. I'm super excited. So uh, let's get, let's get, you know get things going.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Uh, So to start us off, I'm just wondering, Robert, how did you get interested in blockchain and crypto in the first place?
2: No, In hindsight, I was actually pretty early. Like um, 2014, I emigrated to Turkey uh, from the Netherlands and I was still working for a Dutch company. So I got my money on a Dutch bank account, but I needed it in Turkey. So every time I went to the ATM and I had to pay this commission fee, it's like, it should be an easier way. So that's when I discovered Bitcoin. And uh, unfortunately, no, I used Bitcoin just as a means to transfer my, my, my Dutch euro fiat to, to Turkish lira. So <laughs> I didn't really benefit from, from those early days, but that, that was my first um, discovery of you know, Bitcoin and blockchain technology. Um, from that point forward, you know, I was low-key interested. I just used it for transferring money. And uh, as time proze- uh, uh, processed, and I got, I got a bit more interested, started reading a bit more, started reading the news a bit more. I was like, oh, this is actually super interesting. You know, and then Ethereum came, and uh, and and uh, dev development started, and that that's when I got really interested interested in, in in blockchain.
1: Got it. So when you were first starting out, trying to learn about blockchain and this new technology, obviously we have way more resources today than we did in 2014. But what did you find to be some of the best ways to learn about this new technology back back then when you learned about it? And then what are some of the best resources you see out there today?
2: Nah, like. But I when I right now when I tell my friends that where you need to start is you know, start reading the Bitcoin white paper it's actually a super simple document it's not even that long and it's just it's just a very um uh, good introduction into the technology um back in the days I read the most true you no know, ICO white papers <laughs> so I I probably read every crappy ICO that that that, that uh uh uh, that that hit, it hit the market back then, uh, including, of course, also some, some really cool ones that are still around nowadays. But, uh, yeah, basically reading white papers was my original source of, of knowledge. And um, and um, later on, you know, I learned about uh, Andreas Antonopoulos. Antonopoulos, a difficult name. But, um, no, I think he's a very good source for, uh, for education. He's a very good Talker, is a very good, uh, uh, he's very knowledgeable, and he also does these, I think, quarterly, um, free courses through the University of Nicosia. And it's also a great way to uh, to, to start learning about blockchain, just doing a free course, getting a diploma as well on the blockchain, which is quite funny. Um, uh, and, uh, make your first steps that way. Yeah, I,
0: uh, I'm actually a graduate of one of those free uh, blockchain courses out of San Francisco. And I went to the uh, Blockchain U course back in 2013 in South San Francisco. So uh, I like this, I like you you came at this from a very practical perspective. I think that's something people here in the U.S. may miss is when you were uh, trying to transfer money uh, in Eastern Europe uh, back to Turkey, uh, you actually just saved money. So I'm actually kind of curious, what was that like back in 2013? Because I remember trying to buy Bitcoin in 2013 People just assumed that I was buying it for drugs, right? In in 2013, like, so what was that? Were you like walking into a bodega to like buy some Bitcoin and transfer it across the line? I'm actually kind of curious of what that looked like seven years ago compared to the day where I can buy it with a credit card on Coinbase.
2: No, like in Holland, we had we had a couple of uh, websites that actually were pretty fast at offering uh, fiat on-ramps. So I just I just paid using my debit card and um, then I had it on my Bitcoin account and then I need to find uh, a website in Turkey that would transfer it to my Turkish bank account. So that's, I found that as well. Um, and so it actually wasn't that hard. And it, it's, I would, yeah, I understand what you mean. Like there's like the fiat on ramping, you know, and the whole onboarding process into crypto has uh, um, you know, has become a lot easier for people but back in the days, I, of course, I needed to search a lot. I needed to you know, find out which banks were supported, and and uh, uh, you no, know, it's not like a, a simple Google search. It took some effort, but in the end, like it, it, the whole process was, pr- was pretty straightforward. Like it also took me maybe ten minutes behind my computer to transfer the money and 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 get the money to Turkey, and then uh, and then walk to the ATM. Okay, that that's like transferring money from the um turkish maybe
0: 30 minutes <laughs> yeah maybe
2: 30 minutes but still like it was pretty fast and it, and it cost me like two euros um, uh,
0: and and i'm curious like on a thousand dollar transfer you know how much would you just, how much would you save? because you were just doing the math like you you were saying like you weren't speculating yeah. you were just a practical user of this yeah, thing yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean it's a five percent fee or six percent fee wow. also back then on, on a atm transfer <laughs> mm-hmm. so um yeah that's like what is it like 50 Fifty euros on a thousand yeah. euro transfer. Uh, I met with blockchain. I was able to make it uh, between one and two euros. So it's yep. you know, I see it's that a, it's easy. It's an easy calculation.
0: Yeah, I'm doing that today, and this is why when people tell me that like they're oh, crypto now will be useful, but I do probably somewhere between ten and thirty transfers a month. Uh, internationally and i'm paying 50 cents to 250 depending on gas fees or whatever uh and like compared to a 30 to 50 dollar wire every time so i totally get it Um, so another one when did you start becoming addicted to checking the crypto price every morning because i feel like that's part of the uh the crypto journey are you still are you still like completely walled off and keeping yourself out of the speculation on the market um i'm actually curious like at what point did you kind of fall down the rabbit hole you're like okay this is like all-consuming
2: Nah, the, like the, the, the latest bull run, so not this year's, but the previous one, that's really like waking up in the morning, checking how much percent increase there was, uh, mm. WhatsApp, WhatsApp messages to friends like, oh my God, uh, I, my, my my portfolio is now worth this much. And uh, yeah, going crazy about it. That, uh, I don't do that anymore, not at all. Like I'm, at the moment, I'm not interested in pricing that much. Um, no, like uh, the meme... In it for the technology uh, yeah. comes into play here a little bit, um, but like I'm very bullish on on blockchain in general. Like I think uh, I don't see this. I'm not in it for for scalping profits. Like, I'm not going to you know, have $100 or like 10% profit and take the profit. Like I'm not doing that. So um, I see this as like a 10-year investment. So you step into it and. Uh, uh, you you research you do you, you you dive into projects that are super interesting that you that, that pique your interest and at the moment there's so many types of projects uh, you know, ranging uh, from uh, you know, artistic to uh, to financial uh, maybe social media gaming uh, you know, there's there's so many different products out there that's you know, that that's that you can invest in that you can you know, put time in and. Uh, Yeah, I think it's all about living, living for the technology in some way. Like it's uh, uh, it's not it's not about taking profits. Well, I mean, I I think think you
1: you make a really
0: good. Go ahead, Diana. You got it.
1: Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, Robert, I think you make a really good point there. And I'd be curious to hear some some of the use cases that sort of caught your attention initially, you know, because a lot of people still see this market and think of it as as. The crypto and checking bitcoin prices every morning and things like that but like you said there's so many other interesting use cases what are some of the most interesting use cases of the technology in your opinion
2: well like you what you you just said it it tackles the the main problem of blockchain like you say blockchain people think bitcoin that's it that's like the only the only thing people know bitcoin and the word blockchain and they associate it and see it as one-on-one well it's not like blockchain is is the rails, and know um, Bitcoin is just one of the many trains riding the rails. So it's. Um, but back to your question, uh, use cases, um, like the like the decentralized web. So just to tap into what's what's in your alley a lot. Um, I think the general purpose of decentralization is giving power to people and it sounds very revolutionary um, but in the end it's not really um, like the internet started 20 years ago as the idea to give people freedom of sharing information uh, Not it was not a commercial endeavor it was, it was, it was the freedom of sharing information and uh, it has become a commercial endeavor because of cookies and Trackers and advertisements and Google and Facebook and blah blah blah. So um, I think Web three uh, and the decentralization of, of uh, information is very important, and uh, you you can see that in every aspect in the in the in the DeFi ecosystem. Uh, look at financial applications like they take the power away from banks and make people um the the liquidity providers uh for trading so the, not you don't you don't pay any more to the bank but you pay to other people who give you the opportunity to trade your money or your crypto for other crypto and i think um this this power to the people concept is is super interesting and um that's that, yeah, I mean, you- that's the general the general idea
0: Yeah, you just have a huge benefit when you remove intermediate like unnecessary middlemen from from things that you're trying to interact with like and you save a lot of money and then historically whenever we've like significantly dropped the cost of sharing information really good things have happened you know like printing press a lot of good stuff happened after that internet a lot of great stuff is happening here and now we have this blockchain technology here which actually allows us to share information about uh, basically property ownership and all these other things online. And I think that it's going to just drop the cost on finance by an order or two of magnitude or moving things around in general. uh, And we're going to have a lot of innovation to there as well. So um, I was uh, so a couple of questions that we'd like to ask everybody. (laughs) And because it's so early, it's like, what are like, how would you explain crypto to someone? who doesn't know a lot about it, like how do you personally do it when you explain it to people in, in your network? And then what do you, what are you seeing as the barriers to those people um, adopting the technology over, over this decade that we're
2: gonna have to overcome? Um, uh, I don't explain crypto that much. Um, like digital money, you know, like it's not um, something that, that comes up that much in my uh, in my environment nowadays. It's more talking about NFTs, uh, NFTs, non-fungible tokens. Uh, like how do you explain the value of something digital? And then I throw, uh, throw around the, uh, the example of the Mona Lisa. Um, a non-fungible token is a uh, digital token tethered to the blockchain. Um, so therefore it's original proven by blockchain technology, it's scarce, proven by blockchain technology, and it cannot be copied. The, also, the ownership is tied to your crypto wallet. So if I have uh, this, this uh, digital art uh, image, it's tied to the blockchain and therefore tied to my crypto wallet, and therefore I'm the owner. Sure, many people can make a copy of it. They can make a screenshot. They can um, make a photo, but they don't own it. The same with the Mona Lisa. You can go to the Louvre in in Paris, take a photo of the Mona Lisa, print it, hang it on your wall. But you don't own the Mona Lisa. Sure, you have an image of it, and it's the same with uh, with NFTs. Like you can own an NFT. Other people can you know, co- make a copy of it, but they don't own it. They own a copy. And in, in the end, blockchain is uh, allows you to prove that you are the original owner. So, like, and it shows that you are the original owner and there's only one copy of that specific artwork or you know, game sort or uh, insurance contract, or uh, um, anything, uh, virtual land, anything. Well, I uh,
0: so I like that answer. You're like, I don't try to explain crypto. <laughs> I just try to explain the uses of, of uh, crypto and you just go right for it. And I actually think that was a pretty elegant description of uh, NFTs or non-fungible tokens. And we've recently act- actually just did an episode uh, with Devin from OpenSea. So uh, people, if you want to tune in and listen to him talk about that, I think it's another place where people can go and check this out. Uh, so this naturally takes us to what you're working on now. So you're over there at Dapp Radar, and uh, how about just tell us about Dapp Radar, and then how you guys are seeing all these non fungible tokens and games and all these apps coming up, uh, and and let you know fill our users in on on how they can learn more about this space.
2: Um, now, Dapp Radar originally is a way to visualize data on the blockchain. Not everybody can read you know, explorer data from the Ethereum blockchain or any blockchain. Now dive into um, into transactions from wallet to wallet. It's, it's difficult. It's, it's, you can't get a good overview of, of what's happening. And Debradar started with visualizing um, what's happening on the blockchain. Um, it's a bit of a hardcore thing. Like the uh, like many developers are... Uh, um, are involved or are you know, checking that Radar for for statistics and for you know, user growth, uh, number of transaction growth. Um, it's it's a great resource to, uh, uh, to 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 visualize what's happening with uh, uh, with a, a Dapp. I mean that, that
0: sounds. It seems like you guys have several different tracks. Like you are trying to teach people about DeFi. I see that you guys are also teaching people about games on yeah. Debit Radar. Yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, that's a non punchable tokens
2: yeah but that's actually like as head of content uh i i'm a i'm a now a, a newly appointed i i started a couple of uh, weeks ago and um i want to take that radar into you know, the into the next generation um like i said that radar is pretty technical and i want to bridge that like i've been i've been working in 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 media for 15 years. I worked on television shows, at newspapers, uh, um, news agencies, uh, magazines. Um, So, uh, I want to bring what radar has, uh, statistics-wise, and technically-wise, and translate that into uh, data-driven, newsworthy articles. Now, highlighting trends, um, uh, explaining people what a DAP does, uh, why that's important. Um, any any question like your mom might ask about uh, blockchain technology should ideally be answered uh, on websites like Radar.
1: I would love to dive into that a little bit more, Robert, because like you said, you are the expert in sort of translating this difficult technology into plain English for the masses. For anybody listening, because, you know, a lot of our listeners are sort of new to the space. And for anybody listening who might not be familiar what dApps are, they're decentralized apps on the blockchain. Can you sort of just break that down for our listeners and explain what is a decentralized app on the blockchain what does it do and how you know how would people use it and sort of just outline the basics of that
2: yeah well decentralized app or dap uh first of all i think the word dap will disappear in a couple of years we will just call it apps again but um uh decentralized app is a uh it's basically a contract like uh it's it's a it's a Piece of software written on top of a blockchain um, that does something with the user input and it gives you something back. Normally, you know, something like that happens on um, uh, uh, through a server, centralized server, but can also happen right on the blockchain, and that's super interesting. And there are many use cases like, you know, like on financial. Uh, in DeFi, decentralized finance, um, now having a trading system uh, that you put in Ethereum and you get some other token back, uh, is also a debt. It's a trading debt. Um, if you go a bit further, there are debts like there are, there are gaming debts. So you have like a user interface. Uh, maybe you download some software to your uh, to your phone or to your computer, and that user interface. Uh, connects directly to the blockchain. So it doesn't connect to a centralized server, doesn't connect to uh, uh, anything else, but to the blockchain. And on the blockchain, it states that your crypto wallet means that you own certain characters, swords, and through the the user interface will then give you your character and your sword. Because on the blockchain, it's stated that your wallet... Owns that, and then, you, and then you start playing through the user interface. Uh, and there, then we come into a bit of a technical story because now, in order to play, uh, uh, you might need a centralized server because the amount of data... Let's say you want to play Call of Duty. It's a very fast-paced shooting game. There's no way at the moment that something like that can happen through block, 100% on blockchain technology. However, uh, elements of that game could be working on blockchain technology let's say you uh, you play call of duty and you're you're totally hardcore and you prestige that game um, uh, that pre- prestiging is like a a uh, a high high level reward nowadays in, in that game you just get a digital badge behind your name that's it through blockchain blockchain technology you would earn earn an nft that's being sent to, to your wallet and uh then it becomes like something you you actually own even if the game stops existing you still have it in your wallet it, it becomes a um yeah a, it's portable <laughs> yeah it's portable and you, you, potentially you can sell it if you want to
0: um well, I, I think it's interesting because I could be on one game and I could be like really highly ranked and then I could have my you know, game item there and then I could log into some other game or even on Reddit and you could see my ranking on that game item if I wanted yeah. to like if I wanted to display it. So it's like you can get like this really interesting like social network effect. Um Playing playing on these games, and one of the things that I do on DappRadar is actually go to the rankings page. I'm curious, do you think a lot of people go to the rankings page? It's like the first thing that I click on because I just want to see yeah. what all the what all the dapps are um, when, when I'm going through there. And uh, it, it's actually incredible that like two years ago uh, there was basically nothing here, and here we are now. And there's like a couple thousand apps. When you're looking like out a little bit further, are you seeing the pace pick up for these for these uh, applications? And, you know, are you seeing more like normal applications coming in? I'm just kind of curious where you're projecting the market, uh, at least from your view.
2: Absolutely. Like two year, like, like you said, two years ago, uh, the amount of depths was super limited. Um, now we already have a big influx of, of, of deps on a daily basis. We add new depths to the ecosystem, uh, to track and, uh, that amount will only increase like, uh, during DeFi summer last year. Like the amount of DeFi projects releasing and you know, becoming, becoming stories. Like that's of course like the moment you know, Something like Sushi Swap becomes a becomes a story. Becomes something worth talking about. We need to track it. Um, so like there's so many Sushi Swap, uh, uh, Badger, um, uh, Uni Swap. You know, all those all those DeFi tools. Um, they they came last year, and I think this year we will see um, a, a lot more uh, gaming projects, NFT projects uh, coming. Um, so, and of course, DeFi itself won't stop either. Um, I think in the coming years, we will see a lot more uh, 100% on-chain systems uh, launching. Um, so systems that combine... Uh, IPFS with um, uh, with one of the one of the blockchain systems. Plus, uh, uh, let me see, IPFS blockchain, and no, oh, that's it. So it's it's more about when something is 100% on chain. No, there's no centralized storage. So um, right now, when you buy art on super rare or uh, anywhere else uh, 9 out of 10 times that artwork is stored on a centralized server somewhere or maybe on IPFS but it's stored through a centralized matter and uh, a new a new projects like art blocks uh, they do a very interesting thing in which they store store and generate an artwork entirely on chain so i think we will see a lot more on chain stuff happening but of course that requires Processing power. Know um, that many people are waiting for Ethereum two um, At the same time, other blockchains like Wax, uh, other upcoming release of Flow, know uh, they are they are seizing the opportunity to uh, to gain ground.
0: And that so that kind of leads into the next one for me, which is like, what do you think the major challenges are? and i guess for dapps maybe or, or for these applications as you like to call them and and do you think it's mostly uh, issues around scaling over the next uh, 12 to 24 months
2: um yeah scaling is definitely an issue um uh, you need to have the the, the the right blockchain and the and the right processing power to deal with a great influx of users um like the, at the moment, one of the biggest blockchain dApps is NBA Top Shot. Mm. It's running on the on a beta version of the, the Flow blockchain, and mm. um, um, they are having an incredible influx of new users. And uh, they already had a couple of times that you no, know, the site went down. Uh, I mean, the blockchain still works, but they just can't process the 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 popularity. They can't deal with the popularity. And um, um if that kind of stuff happens, yeah, I mean, scaling will become a problem. And um, thankfully, you know, many projects are looking at Layer 2 solutions. Um, Matic Network is a popular one. Um, several others are developing their own versions, like uh, Ronin or Immutable X. Um, a bit more technical, but uh, uh, I could know, I mean, the top What is it called? Um, Plasma or, or roll-ups or like, like all those technical solutions to make scaling possible. That we will see a lot more happening in, in, in that area as well.
0: It'll be, and it'll be the jobs of people like you and me so that everyone listening to this doesn't have to worry about any of that. <laughs>
2: no, exa- exactly, <laughs> exactly, <Like> from, from <laughs> yeah. consu- but from a consumer perspective, like nobody wants to deal with wallets and private keys. And uh, I mean, it needs to be, it needs to be made easy. And um, sure, like if you have uh, the technical know-how you know, to uh, to 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 work with wallet addresses and private keys, then that's great, absolutely. but if you want to get the world on blockchain then then it's, that you can't you can't do that it's not it's not possible so that's why uh, solutions like like flow and wax that allow people to create a user account lose using Social media, for example, just using an Instagram yeah. or Facebook account, or a Twitter account, I think that's great. I mean, of course, you can you can you can put question marks behind you know, things like safety or uh, 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 you know, whether it's private or not. Um, but it's uh, from a usability perspective, it's 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 very good. Uh,
0: I hadn't I hadn't actually thought about that, and that's actually that's actually quite interesting. So um because i'm looking at the space right now and there's like there's a few hundred thousand like extremely active users and then like maybe a couple million like monthly users that are coming in and actually playing with all with all these things on the blockchain and everyone in the space is like we know this can a thousand x like it's very easy to see a thousand times more people um playing with these applications because they're actually quite cool once you get in there and figuring out the user onboarding to make it easy would be a huge step it would be it would be it would be kind of weird but I could definitely see how if you sign up for a Facebook account you could also just you know generate a um, a, a key that you don't even need to know about so that you can start interacting with these uh, blockchain apps so um I guess it could happen a lot faster than even I've been thinking
2: yeah it's you know like everybody has Facebook nobody has a wax account or uh, or like like the amount of people with ethereum address like I have probably twenty ethereum addresses uh, uh, some of them hidden, some of them uh, uh, actively using. Um, but ultimately, like nobody wants to wants to deal with that. I'm I'm happy it's something like MetaMask exists, <laughs> so at least I have you know, all my Ethereum Ethereum uh, wallets into in a nice overview. But uh, like from a user perspective, users don't want to know they're using blockchain. Like the the, the experience they want to have or they need to have. That, that developers should strive to, is that users interact with an application. They ha- they, and the things they have on the application, they own. So I think the, the, the perspective of digital ownership needs to change. And uh, that, when that changes, then we have real blockchain adoption. So users don't need to be bothered with, with private keys and, and whatnot. It's, it's more about understanding what digital ownership is, what digital value is when you talk about crypto, what digital ownership is when you talk about NFTs.
0: I think, I think that may just be the, uh, the quote of the podcast right here. So I like that. That was laid out very well. Uh, and I mean, I, I agree with you hundred percent on digital ownership being a huge part of this. So Diana, did he, did he sell you? Or are you, are you starting to feel the digital ownership, uh, uh the digital ownership, like craving, pulling you in
1: a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I've been sold on this digital ownership stuff. I'm sick of giving Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, all my data. I just want to control all of that. hundred percent sold
0: done. Uh, well, I think on, uh, so I have some questions, maybe more specific about, uh, DAP ra- radar. So when, when you are, um, it's like the target commu- like when you're trying to target communications to the masses, like you're saying, and you're saying that you think the narrative really needs to be around, um, ownership, uh, are you trying to target this at crypto users? Or I think you're trying to target this to people who aren't quite in crypto yet. And something you said earlier that I thought was interesting is like, you thought that people aren't going to call these Dapps; They're just going to call these apps. So my question is, do you think that we're going to see more normal apps start to integrate in this blockchain technology? And have you guys at DAP Radar seen any normal apps do that yet? Or do you think it's really going to be the crypto people are going to crash into the gates and, and, and show these traditional players how to use it? Are there any, are there any more traditional players uh, trying to come into the space from your perspective?
2: I don't see necessarily a influx of traditional people uh, with, with applications yet. Uh, or with dApps yet. Um, except for, however, except for however, maybe, however, Sorry? Oh,
0: except maybe NBA Top Shots. I guess that is the NBA uh, partnering with one of these apps. Yes,
2: I mean, you see licensing deals a lot. Like, yeah, like you know, NBA uh, giving its license to Dapper Labs to make NBA Top Shots. Uh, Atari, uh, even though you know, it's a bit like a fallen giant, uh, still, like Atari, uh, is now going pretty deep into into gaming uh they have their own Atari token uh for gambling websites that they own plus um now they're tapping into the sandbox they are uh, they just announced uh, that they're moving into the central um so you know, they they are they're also a company like that's recognizable for mainstream that's that's embracing blockchain technology so that that's something we are seeing more one thing we don't really see at the moment is like one of those one of those mainstream brands really making their own uh, uh, blockchain dev. Um like I would I would like, love to see is the moment Electronic Arts says, "Okay, we're going to make we're going to make something uh, for uh, blockchain gaming." Or Microsoft says, "Okay, our next uh, uh, Windows is entirely uh, working on blockchain." Whatever. You know, something something crazy like that.
1: Awesome. Um, so one other thing I wanted to talk to you about, Robert, is uh, Play to Own. This is like an editorial uh, online publication that you own that you started about a year ago. And I know one of your missions with that is to sort of bridge the gap between the gaming community and the blockchain community and also the mainstream media. So can you talk a little bit more about that?
2: Yeah, It's called, <laughs> it's called Play to Earn. But uh, I, I, I like partner. I like I like play to own as well. Maybe I will I will rebrand it.
1: I've just got this whole <laughs> digital ownership thing in my head. Everything is like you got to own everything. Play to earn.
2: Uh, first, earn it, then you own it.
1: Yep, exactly.
2: <laughs> exactly. Um, I I started I started play to earn bid out out of a uh, slight frustration. Like um, I started reading about blockchain gaming, like uh, no gods unchained. Um, uh, got me into it actually it's a trading card game uh it's 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 pretty fun and uh, I, li- I like training card games I also like hearthstone so i was like okay are there mere blockch- are, there, are there more blockchain games on the market and i had difficulty finding news websites that covered it like there was uh there's no IGN or you know game spot for blockchain gaming there, there were some websites um but they didn't cover it all so i was like yeah i was really frustrated i was like okay i can uh I can I can you know, be annoyed and post something on Twitter and that's it, or I can do something about it. So that's why I started play to earn, um, and that's it. It became a bit of a, a, no, a hobby that's that that's, that's got a bit bigger than anticipated. Um, like in last November, I organized a virtual festival inside uh, Crypto voxels, which is a virtual world. Anybody using a smartphone or a PC was able to, to visit the festival simply by clicking on a link. You would get a digital avatar and just walk through, the, walk through the virtual environment. And you could learn all kinds of things about the new and upcoming blockchain games. And uh, it attracted like 6,700 people over the course of 10 days. And uh, at this March, I'm organizing a second, a second version of the festival. Hopefully, new partners, uh, new games to see, new giveaways, and just just having a fun time in uh, in virtual reality. We all we, we are all inside uh, anyway during these quarantine times. So,
1: I was just gonna say that sounds like the perfect quarantine activity to do right <laughs> definitely, now.
2: Definitely, definitely.
1: That's awesome. Well, congrats on that, and I can't wait to see where you go with that, and can't wait for the next virtual event too. Uh, so, Robert, before we close here, I just want to play, do do a fun little activity. I've gone through your Twitter account and I've pulled out some tweets that I found to be interesting or that I had a question about. And I'm just going to give you a chance to explain what you meant when you tweeted that. Oh, God. OK. All right. OK. Well, mo- most of your tweets were about, you know, the, the gaming world and NFTs and things like that. So uh, pretty basic. But I did find some interesting ones. So on January 16th of this year, you tweeted, um, it's not only about cryptocurrencies, but digital assets in general are gaining value and more utility. Construction, and this was a retweet of the play to earn online magazine.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's about the whole. Th- that's actually what I covered, what, what we covered earlier in this conversation as well. You know, like the whole concept of cryptocurrencies is Bitcoin is blockchain. It's such a uh, uh, no i won't say narrow-minded because that's not the right word it's just there's so there's a lack of education there and uh, with that tweet i just wanted to say okay listen there's more than what you know there's open the doors and you know drown yourself in, into the and 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 dive into the the rabbit hole of, of blockchain technology because there's there's so much to be learned like there's also you know, the whole idea of the uh, on-chain insurances and, and, and digital ownership. There's a company that's that's selling um, digital ownership over actual real estate. I mean, that kind of stuff is crazy if you think about it. And it's awesome that it's there. And just you know, if people would learn about, about those type of companies, those type of uh, businesses, then that's awesome.
1: Yeah, gotcha. Okay, another tweet. This was from October 26, 2020. You tweeted, I'm launching my own community token for play to earn, and you can claim the first 10 play through the article linked below. I was just wondering how maybe I'm going down a separate rabbit hole and we have to do a separate podcast on this, but how do you launch your own community token? What is what goes into that?
2: Yeah, a lot more than I anticipated. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, like like it's the social tokens, they call it. It's a uh, I'm 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 doing that one through a company called Tryroll, and Tryroll issues social tokens. Uh, so they basically mint everything, and they, distribu- they distribute it to uh, the owner's wallet over time. And the idea is that I, u- I use that token as a reward for my for the community of play to earn. So when the community shares knowledge with each other, they are they earn play tokens. I reward them. I just say, oh, that's a that's a cool tip. Here, here you have ten play tokens. Uh, if they if they write an entire article uh that I can publish on the website they earn let's say a thousand play tokens whatever and at the moment no, those play tokens don 't really have value there are some uh art pieces you can buy um uh, but that 's about it i don 't have a liquidity pool yet um so there so, so um there's no i can 't say though no, like a thousand play is worth one hundred dollars or whatever but uh, maybe in the future it will be, become more than a toy. Uh, that's 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 no. officially I can't I, I can't I can't say that because it's not investment advice. So don't don't buy play. Don't don't buy meme.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a fun little thing. Regardless, you know, yeah. right? it it's a good it's a good you know consolation prize or piece of encouragement for people who do cool things. So I I like it regardless. All right, last tweet that I want to pull out. This is from December twenty sixth, twenty twenty, day after Christmas. You said join this blockchain powered secret Santa program. Fun and interesting stuff. What is a blockchain powered secret Santa program? How does that work?
2: Um, it was done by Bit. What is it called? Um, can you can you see that in the tweet? Like the Bit Bitsky. Oh yeah yeah Bitsky. Yeah, Bitski yeah, Bitsky. Oh, yeah. Bitsky uh, made a secret sender program, so that mean that meant that uh, I would send an NFT to the to their contract, and uh, in return, I would get another NFT from somebody else. So let's say I would send them a, a trading card from a certain game, or uh, uh, an Axie from Axie Infinity, or a piece of art, and in return, I would get something else you know, given by another random person. So it was just it was just something something silly, It was really secret Santa style. and uh it was kind of fun. I have no idea who my secret Santa was, but uh I received a uh um a piece of art. So, nice. well, it's and, uh, it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of cute. It's just a something for the Christmas, for the Christmas period and uh, yeah,
0: I'll participate next year. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I was gonna
1: say, was, I, want it, it was, I want it. I want it next year too. It was, it was Secret was,
0: Santa on the blockchain. <laughs> it,
2: was, it was their first time and it, I, was, it, I thought it was original and really you know, fit well into the whole the whole blockchain and Christmas spirit. And uh, I was like, ah, okay, I like it.
1: I'm gonna write to HR after this Matt and suggest the Secret <laughs> Santa Unstoppable
2: on the blockchain. for next year yeah, 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 on the
1: blockchain. I think we should. Love it. All right. Well, Robert, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate you being here. Uh, before you go, just tell people where they can find you, um, if they want to get connected with you personally, as well as where they can learn more about DAP Radar and what are some of the easiest and coolest things that people can do on DAP Radar right away after they sign up.
2: Okay. Uh, first of all, you don't need to sign up for DAP Radar. You can just show up, go to DapRadar.com. And on DapRadar.com, we have two awesome new products. Uh, first of all, Portfolio Tracker so if you are into nfts digital assets or you you you, uh are into DeFi, uh we have a tracking system that uh, that makes an estimate of your portfolio value so also uh, estimates the value of your nfts Um, this is a very simple version Uh, we are working on improving that and one of the other products we have is nft valuation tool Um, which is currently in beta, and it provides a uh, valuation estimate for CryptoPunks. CryptoPunks is a digital collectible, ten thousand minted. They, these are the first digital collectibles on Ethereum ever, so they're highly valuable. Recently, uh, one sold for seven hundred and sixty thousand dollars. So <laughs> it's really, it's it's, it's really it's more insane. than my house. <laughs> Dude, I, you, you can buy my house two times over, I think. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's crazy. And, um, so the NFT valuation tool is something we, we are developing, and it's, a, it's a, a very complex. Uh, calculations are behind it, uh, uh, and we are now implementing that for CryptoPunks, uh, and down the line, we will do that for virtual worlds, for Axie uh, Infinity, and other projects uh, using NFTs. So when you visit debradar.com, check out the portfolio tracker and check out the NFT valuation tool.
0: Awesome. Awesome. uh, Robert, I just wanted to say it's been a real pleasure uh, because you have lived crypto for like eight years and there's not a lot of people who have done that. Uh, And like you started off just sending crypto to save money and then, you know, you've you've made a side project and you created tokens for like karma points for people to uh, interact with that and then you even did secret santa on the blockchain and the thing that i like about your story is it's about using the blockchain in everyday life and in the call i would just say like we touched on a lot of topics here so for our listeners out there we i know that we just touched on a few things at a surface level so um, right into us, let us know what you have questions on. But you know, we touched on DeFi, liquidity pools, NFTs, valuation estimates for NFTs. There are at least a dozen uh, projects that we name dropped here. So there's plenty to dig in here. And Robert, I don't even think you realize it, but you've just been in the space for so long that you just take these things uh, naturally. And we need to get more people uh, like you on these shows and talking about it. Uh, it's super helpful and appreciate you coming on. It's been fantastic.
2: Thank you very much for the invite, Matthew, Deanna.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Unstoppable Podcast. If something I said today resonated with you, please rate, subscribe, download the podcast, and share this episode on social media with your network. This helps other people find us. And remember, the fun doesn't have to stop when the episode ends. We can continue the conversation on Twitter by tweeting your questions, thoughts, or ideas to me at Matthew E. Gould. We look forward to chatting with you, and thanks again for listening.